0: Welcome back you guys. We are on, I don't even know what episode. That's how many we've
1: done. I'm pretty sure. Is it 13? I think it's 14. It's 14? Chelsea will be our 14th episode. Oh, so exciting. I'm honored. (laughs) (laughs) And we're recording on like a very nice day to
2: 2121. Right. I like it. Someone's got to add that up and do the numerolo- numerology, I can't the n- numerology, <laughs> we should, we, we need to have a numerologist on. It's so interesting.
1: Um, and we'll put it in the notes for sure, Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> uh, but we have my friend Chelsea. Oh my gosh. Okay. She's the girl with five names, you guys. So <laughs> I can't
2: mess it up. It's Chelsea. I don't know if I know your middle name, Chelsea. <laughs> All good. And I'll I'll save you. I feel like everyone's terrified of my name. So I'll save no, you. The pain. I know that
0: Montgomery Juban Wector.
2: But- yes. Very Bec- close. You're very close. It's German. It's German. Um, <laughs> but Austin is my middle name. Right. You know? I know yeah. that because your that. thing
0: used to be Chelsea Chelsea Austin M mm-hmm. D. Always. Yep. Yes. Always. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Chelsea and I were friends. Um, well, we're still friends, we but we became friends in college. Um back in like 2012, which is like so long ago. Now that I'm saying that out loud, that's so weird, but we've been friends for almost a decade now. And, uh, she has had a very interesting life and is one of the most like inspiring and interesting people I've ever met in my age group. And so it was like a no brainer to bring her onto
2: this show. So Chelsea, I'll let you say hello. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was like the sweetest introduction anyone's ever given me. Thank (laughs) you so much. I am very grateful to have met you so long ago now. I mean, my goodness, what is there to say? I am Chelsea and I have two dads. (laughs) That usually is how I start things, but that's really like the beginning of my story where I come from. backgrounds. I have two dads that just celebrated their 39th anniversary. And I kind of call myself the OG girl with two gay dads because I don't know anyone else that's 27 with two dads and have. I'm biologically related to both of them. So that makes things funky and fun. And we can certainly get into that later, but yeah, I- I'm just the girl. With I two wish gay
1: dads. <laughs> you could see my face right now because when you said you're biologically related to both of them, I instantly went Hmm.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It gets into sperm and egg real fast. Anytime you talk to me. So. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm excited. And I have to tell everyone, this is my first time ever meeting Chelsea. I of course follow her great podcast, Worthiness Warriors. She's amazing. So I'm super grateful to have you on today as well. And I can't wait to get into it.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be meeting you as well. I love, I feel like the, the podcast is the way to like make new friends right now. Cause you can't be out in the world. So I'm loving making new podcast friends.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's so true. It's like virtual meetings.
2: Totally. And Chelsea and Aloe
0: are my two book club buddies. So Aloe runs a book club with me here in Denver and Chelsea runs my book club that's done over the computer. So it's like, (laughs) I love it. It's like my podcast book friends all in one (laughs) circle.
1: I think I need to join this over the computer book club. (laughs)
2: Totally. Please do. We love, I love it. It's, it's actually such a fun book club because I kind of, none of my friends are in LA. I live in LA. And so I was like, you know what? I want a place to have like a meeting place of all my the closest people. And so we have people on the East coast and the middle of the country on the West coast, all over the place. So it's a, it's a fun book club. So are you born and raised in LA? I am. I'm like one of the very few people that you'll meet in LA that's from LA. I feel like that's a very uncommon thing. I get a lot kind of like people... Colorado. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where people come up to me and they're like, so you're from here and you're still here. I'm like the weather is nice. You guys, have you not been outside lately?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I am. Bo- I was born and raised in Malibu, which I know sounds very bougie, but it's not really. I love yeah. Malibu.
1: Oh it my is- God. I do too.
2: <laughs> like UK, it doesn't get any better. Santa Barbara, Malibu, the weather. it mm. oh It is pretty magical. I said it felt like growing up in a small town within a big city because it had that very small town vibe. Like everyone knows each other's business. It's kind of like out on the outskirts of LA. There's only one road in and one road out. So I loved that. It felt like I got a little bit of the small town vibe, but also like the big city sensibility. So I, I appreciate Malibu.
1: <laughs> That's
0: awesome. So. Why don't we just go ahead and jump right in, Chelsea, with how
2: you are related to
0: both of your dads?
2: An excellent question. So (laughs) I'll use their names because I call them dad and daddy, but that gets really, really confusing for people when I start to give my limited knowledge of a biology lesson. So my parents' names are Kevin and Dennis. And, and, and to give you, to paint the picture, Kevin is tall and blonde and Dennis, I call him my little tan daddy. So, (laughs) so that's kind of how you can picture them in your mind while I go through this. Yeah. So they're amazing. uh, I love
0: them by the way. Her (laughs) dads came to like every show we were ever in and they were just the most lovely, kind, wonderful parents. And I was like, I wish my parents were this cool.
2: (laughs) <laughs> you know the grass is always greener cuz like I I you know I did think my parents were cool actually. I was very grateful for that. But they are they are super supportive. Like every time I would do a summer stock or anything and there were 15 shows of the same show, they came to every single performance. They're they're wonderful. But anyway, back to my my limited knowledge of biology. So Dennis has or had my my aunt, my auntie, she passed away in 2017, but Dennis had a sister mm. whose name was Helene and she donated the egg for me to come to this world and Kevin donated his sperm. So my daddy, Dennis, is my biological uncle, and my dad, Kevin, is my biological father. And yeah, there's like a whole modern family episode where they make fun of that ever happening. And I'm like, ha, it's me. <laughs> and then it gets even more complicated because I would have been my auntie's firstborn child, and they just weren't sure how. Emotionally, that would be a good decision for her to have like to carry me. So then my dad's cousin actually ended up carrying me. So, whoa, okay. So Yeah. gets real funky.
1: Yes. Okay. So this is interesting because then she had no connect. Well, she had a connection to you blood wise, but not like an actual, like, this is not her egg. This is not her sperm. Like, I'm literally an incubator.
2: Exactly. So, and okay. that's really how it felt because. I was, I had this like innate love for my auntie from the time I was born. So my egg donor and anytime she came into the room, I would squeal. Like I always was obsessed with her even before I knew how my parents had me and with my dad's interesting. Yeah. It's really crazy. And then with like my dad's cousin, Sandy, I had no, no connection, no emotional attachment to her. And when I found out, I was like, okay, that's like, she's a nice person. Um, but, but There was no like that kind of like innate connection where I very much had one with my auntie. So it was really, yeah, it it takes a village kind of story.
1: (laughs) Which is really interesting because I mean, essentially like she's, she's not your mother in the sense of her raising you, but she is in the sense that, that you are half her DNA.
2: Exactly. I mean, I think, and I, my parents really struggled with that initially because my dad was very concerned that like society was going to put the idea on me that like I had to have a mother and I very much didn't. And I stand by the fact that she never felt like my mom. Um, she was just this person I adored in my life who was very much my aunt. She didn't have to discipline me. She, you know, wasn't responsible for my well being, and I loved her, but my parents were always my parents. And that is always how I saw it. And I think, you know, my parents were so afraid of kind of what, people would think or how they would say, like, I must have wanted to, you know, must have wanted that time with her more, be more attached to her. But it really, it was really like I loved her so much, but she was my auntie. When I fell and scraped my knee, I wanted my dad. Like I didn't, no. you know, that's like right. They're was, your parents. Yeah. Yeah. They're my parents. Yeah.
1: Which is kind of nice because I'm just thinking about my relationship with my mom. And I'm just like, I mean and the relationship with my father is like so great. I'm like, what if I just had two of those <laughs>
2: instead of like <laughs> this struggle, mm. you know?
1: Mm. I think this is awesome.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I'm partial to it, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I, so I'm curious, uh, Chelsea, I don't know if I've ever asked you this or if you've brought it up before, mm. but did you feel like you ever went through that kind of like stereotypical phase in high school or, or you know, later like teens where you like kind of conflicted more with one of your parents. I mean, not that we all get along with both of our parents equally all the time, but I definitely like went through this phase where my mom and I like really, really clashed. And then I know like a lot of times, like boys go through a phase where they really, really clash with their
2: dad. Mm -hmm. Like, did you experience anything like that? Do you think? definitely i mean well, my it's a running joke in my family like i never rebelled i was not a rebellious <laughs> kid i loved following rules like I, I was a pretty easy kid i think to parent but my dad and i definitely were more similar and, but would always butt heads much, much more frequently. My daddy's never said no to me in my life. He doesn't (laughs) know what it's like to say no or to discipline me. That was 100% my dad's job. And so, yeah, we did, we totally butted heads, I would say much more frequently and still would, but will butt heads more than my daddy. And I will, I think my dad also was very like, opposed to this idea that he was like a mother figure, but ultimately like, you know, I don't believe in gender roles, but people fall into certain categories or fall into certain roles naturally. And if you're going to look at it as like a father role and a mother role, my dad was definitely more of like the mother type, like the nurturing energy. Yeah. He was you know, the one he was the stay-at-home parents. He was on every PTA board for every school I ever went to, including my college, you know, at our college, but yeah, you know, they were definitely, I would say though, if I, I, my dad and I love to butt heads, that's a real <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now is your dad, your uncle or your, the, the sperm dog? I'm just trying to sper- get, oh
2: no, no, totally. I'm so sorry. Okay. Sometimes anytime bring me back. So he's the, my biological dad.
1: Okay. So yes. Okay. Perfect. And then dad, your daddy is your auntie's brother.
2: Correct. Exactly. Okay.
1: Perfect. I'm following perfectly now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please. And ask me as many times as you want. I said like, sometimes we'll need to like draw it out, make a diagram, like
1: go (laughs) for it, whatever you need to do. So how was it like, Okay. So just because, you know, growing up when we did, I'm a a little bit older than you guys, but when we were growing up, I just remember being in school, like elementary school and they're like, you know, Oh, for mother's day, we're going to make this. Like, did that Mm -hmm. ever have any like role or effect on your life?
2: Yes. Like, so yeah, totally. (laughs) You did. Yeah. I absolutely know what you're talking about. You know, I think Oh, my parents very much all of those holidays. So like mother's day, father's day, Valentine's day, my parents very much told me they're like, these are ha- hallmark holidays. These are holidays that a card company created to sell more cards. And like, you never need to feel one way or another about these days. And so like, because we kind of, blew by mother's day. My parents also would blow by father's day. And that was like kind of their amazingness. I would say that they were like, this is not like we celebrate each other as a family every day. We don't need specific days to celebrate. And there were definitely times where I would get like I didn't care about not having a mom. And so eventually like, as I got older, yeah, we celebrated father's day. I was always like big day in our house, but like <laughs> when I was really young, like there, I don't remember ever celebrating mother's or father's day. I don't ever I love remember that. that being a thing. You know, I do, I would get very upset. Like my, whenever you apply to colleges, I remember being very upset that like the common application asked for mother's name and father's name. And my college counselor at the time was like, just put your dad in for your mother and your daddy and for your father. And I was like, but that's not accurate. I would get very upset about those kinds of labels and those kinds of situations, but like mother's day, father's day was kind of a, eh, whatever. (laughs) I love my family the way it
1: is. Yeah. I love that because I feel like now, you know, growing up now there's like, you know, whenever I fill out a form, it's like, what's your pronoun? Are Mm. you he, are you she, are you they? Like, So I feel like now there's probably a space or, Mm -hmm. you know, like a little box where you can check off maybe two dads or two moms. Like, I feel like it's becoming, like you said, like you were like the OG, you Mm -hmm. know, you kind of went through this like way before anyone else has gone through this. So I can't even imagine, you know, it had to have been confusing sometimes, but it sounds like they really like nurtured you and like explained things to you and kind of treated you more of like a person instead of one of their kids. In a way,
2: it's it's interesting that you say that because I was very much a mini adult from the time I was like <laughs> six. Like I was, I I enjoyed fancy dinner parties and black tie Aww. events, and like that's <laughs> that was my life.
0: Yeah. Chelsea, you were like, I
2: went to this spa,
0: and then you had to be like sixteen to get a massage, and I was like oh my god. <laughs> and my daddies were like, she's great, and then they were like, we love her. <laughs>
2: that's absolutely, Ooh. you have a great memory. Cause that's an absolutely true story. I, but I did, I just was like a very, my parents treated me like adult. And so I, I became like an adult from the time I was very little. And, and, you know, I think that in some ways was challenged because I didn't relate to my peers as well. Like wasn't until college that I really learned how to relate to people that were my age. I really struggled with that. And so I think on the one hand, like all of my quote unquote friends, parents from like elementary school, middle school, high school, I was great with their parents. Like I knew how to be with them, but I didn't know how to be with the kids in my class. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I kind of love that though. I, I really like, I always, I want kids like punch and I differ here. She doesn't want them really. I keep telling her she's going to change her mind. As she I'm not older. <laughs> telling me that I'm, going I
0: i did not know this. Like, mm. No, yeah, no, I pretty vehemently don't want to be, be uh, well, not that I don't want to have children figures that I influence in my life, but I don't like want them to be mine.
1: I, I love that that your fathers did this for you, that they kind of taught, talk, like talked to you and spoke to you like you were a little human instead of, you know, like babying you because I think that that's how I kind of want to be. Like, yes, I, I want to be like loving and nurturing, but I also want to like teach them the way of the world and like not shelter them from a lot.
2: Mm -hmm. I I agree a hundred percent. And I, I do want, I do want kids or kid, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I I love
1: one one is all we could afford these days.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And like, man, they're like, that, it's a lot of work to have a kid. So, and I love being an only <laughs> child. So I, you know, I got all the attention and all the presents. So I, nice. it was pretty okay. nice. So I, I'm not opposed, <laughs> but I do think it was nice. Like my parents were very loving and very nurturing and, but they approach things from like a perspective of like, you can handle this. You're, you're, you're smart enough. You're mature enough. And, you know, not like like I wasn't having the sex talk at like three years old, but like I was able to, <laughs> they like gave me information as I was able to handle it from a, from a different perspective, because like we were two doors down from normal anyway. So it's like, we didn't have to do things the way everybody else did. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that perspective Me oh. too.
1: Yeah. I'm my like dad me too.
2: My dad calls it the gay gift because they say <laughs> like, you're going to be different anyway. You're not going to be accepted for some reason within some groups anyway. So you might as well do things your own way. Yeah.
1: I've, I've offered to be an auntie, so to speak to uh, my mm-hmm. gay best friend. And I know they listen. He was telling me, uh, I talked to my friend, Kevin, a shout out. If you're listening, he uh, they just bought a house, him and his fiance Garrett. And mm. they said that the first thing they played on their speakers was our podcast punch. I forgot to tell you oh, how sweet. <laughs> I know he was like, we put that. it on surround sound. So they're super supportive. And I've always said to him like, well, a we always used to joke before he came out to everyone like that we would get married at a certain age if neither one of us were <laughs> married. Well, clearly he's engaged, He's happy, he's living in New York. Uh, but You're like, there I've goes always, my backup plan. <laughs> I, I seriously, but I've always uh, seriously, I've always offered uh, myself, you know, in that regard to him because I think it's really something special that your aunt and your dad's cousin did for you guys. You know, like I th- I think that that is something that a lot of people want and not a lot of people are willing to do. To-
2: totally. And I think it is like, that's incredible that you would offer that. Cause it is a, it's, it's an undertaking, I think to like, you think you really are giving a part of yourself away. Like I am the spitting image of my auntie mm. and, and like, that's even her kids. We joke because her, her husband is, ha- is, fully Japanese. And so all of their kids are half Japanese. And so like her kids look nothing like her, but I look exactly like her. So it's kind of this funny thing, but I think it's like a really, it is really selfless and really incredible and not to be like entered into lightly, I think. And, and just so like for your, so your friends know for the future, like there's a lot of paperwork involved. And even if you're their best friend, like use contracts. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes. It's no, like, I can't yeah. even imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. We had paperwork. We were related to everybody and we still had paperwork with everyone. And it's just uh, that it's probably even makes it
1: a little bit more messy almost if you're related because then, mm-hmm. you know, claim might be wanting to be uh, staked, so to speak.
2: Exactly. Like that was really the fe- like, so after I was born, my daddy, who is my biological uncle, Dennis, he he had to do a single parent adoption so that both of my parents could be on my birth certificate. Otherwise, it read my dad's cousin and my dad as my parents on my sure. birth certificate. And so they wanted to make sure that, God forbid, something happened to me or happened to my dad, that my daddy would have equal rights to make sure that like I was taken care of and that he would be obviously my parent and guardian should something happen to my dad either way. So that was like, that. he had, we actually had to like go before a judge and my parents had to have an entire home study done. And like, even though I was their child, they had to go through an an actual adoption so that my daddy could be on the birth certificate, which is a, yeah, which was nutty.
1: Yeah. It sounds like an undertaking.
0: Do
2: you have any idea if it's like still that complicated for people? So I don't know how complicated it is for people. Now I did talk to, and actually had them on my podcast to a friend of mine from high school and her wife Mm -hmm. are pregnant exactly in the same way that like my parents had me, obviously they didn't need a surrogate, but it's like one of their brother's sperm and then the other wife's egg. And yeah. And so I talked to them a little bit about it and they actually came to us for the advice because they're still not like a set precedent for everything. And so the people they got their information from were us. So we said like, get everything in writing, you know, you might need to get a lawyer and do a single parent adoption. And as far as I can tell from their experience, they're having to do pretty much the same thing. I don't know if they're going to need a home study or anything like that. It might be much more of a simple, simpler legal process at this point, but I, I don't know. And I would. I would speak to an attorney, um, before someone sees me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. I'm not your legal counsel. I don't, I, (laughs) I have a degree in theater, everybody. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So your cousins who are in Hmm. fact, your half siblings. You nailed it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So I'm trying. I'm really trying. But I, I, completely kind of relate in a way. I mean, in in many ways, but in the way of like having like a complicated family, just because I have mm. step siblings and half siblings, mm. and it's something like sometimes when I'm talking about my siblings, my friends are like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so <laughs> totally, i of to me. We were
0: friends for almost a year <laughs> before I knew she had any other siblings other than one sister. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, that's kind of crazy to think about. But no, so so do you
2: guys? do you identify as just their cousin or do you, I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah, no, I, they're my cousins. They're my cousins and I love them deeply as cousins. And I think there is an L I have an element of, protection that I think I feel because they're much younger than me. I think especially with Rebecca because she's also a dancer and I feel like this I feel I have a little I have a little bit of that like protective big sister feel but I think it would just be how you are with like a little cousin that you're really close to. She's way too cool for me right now though. So (laughs) of course she is. (laughs) She's holy moly. She makes fun of me because I like, I desperately want her to like me and think that I'm like the coolest thing since sliced bread. And especially after my auntie passed, you know, Dami and I live seven blocks away from my uncle and Rebecca, so, I feel very protective of her. I really desperately want her to like me. And I texted her the other day. This is what's so embarrassing. So, I texted her the other day being like, <laughs> Hey, I read this CNN article that says, like, you guys aren't using the laughing, crying smiley anymore, that you guys just use a skull like emoji instead. Is that true? Like, am I cool now? And she's like, Oh my God, Chelsea, you're so stupid. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Heartbroken.
1: <laughs> no you are not stupid I, I i'm like relating to this so much my little sister uh. is 22 and you know she's like you can't wear skinny jeans anymore and you can't part your hair to the side and like all this stuff and no. and i'm literally texting that's real texting
0: <laughs> all of us the other day and she's like <laughs> she's sending us pictures with the center part
1: and she's like do
0: you like the center part i don't know i curled it do i look old now and I'm like yeah what
1: is i felt so old. I'm looking in the mirror and I was like, I-, I can't do this. And no one responded. So of course I'm like bugging out. I'm like, I'm like, I I look like, I look like, I look like I'm in my forties. Like, of course I-, I ended up putting it over to the side. I, I was like, I can't. And I like my skinny jeans, <laughs> you know, like I'm not giving them up. And um, I like my laughing, crying
2: emoji. Like just let us live. Too. I you so <laughs> agree. I am so in the same boat. I was like, what are you? I know. Well, first of all, I cannot part my hair in the middle. You, I look like that. No. Oh, Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) It's like, I can't do this. I can't be a Gen Z or I should just stop trying because I'm not. So I was like, you know what? I said, eventually she'll like turn 20 and think I'm cool again, hopefully. Well, apparently from the sounds of it, I (laughs) at 20, it still doesn't get any better. (laughs) We'll see.
1: I'm like, what is this garbage?
2: (laughs) And the like attention span is so tiny. Like I will admit I have many a time fallen into a TikTok hole, but like that is, that's like the attention span of anyone today you have one minute to make an impression and then people are gone yeah right you're like I left theater for a reason (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I didn't go through the audition process anymore for a reason
2: (laughs) it's
1: true and how so you have a podcast worthiness warriors Mm. how do you
2: like so when did you start so I started, I just recorded my 25th episode, which is really exciting. Oh I, I know. Congratulations. I like, Thank you. Thank you. So I started in November. I launched my first episode and I like record way ahead to give myself plenty of time to edit because I'm slow. So, you know, I record episodes about a month, a month ahead of when they get released, but I started. Oh, Paige and I thought we were being good doing it like a few
1: weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: hey, you know what? We're doing better than when we were doing it like the week
2: of. So um, go us. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) I honestly just couldn't take the pressure. Like for me, the so this is most of my job now is content creation. So I have a blog, I have a podcast, I, you know, I'm creating workshops. I'm getting my life coaching certificate. So it's like, I, it's just so many moving parts that it's all about like creation for me. I have to just really, it was got a lot easier, especially because I have a social media company that helps me kind of organize myself. So because they work a couple weeks out, it's like forced me to be a couple weeks out, which I'm so grateful for. Like at oh, first it was God super, bless you. oh, it was super overwhelming. Cause I used to literally write like blog posts at like midnight and then post them the next morning. And now it's like, okay, I try to stay as ahead of the curve as I can. And so it's actually really nice that I can like actually take a couple of weeks off here and there or a week off here and there. But yeah, so I started the podcast because I had my blog that was going well. I'd finished my manuscript of my book that I'm currently trying to sell to a publisher. And I was like, okay, I kind of need that like, or someone said to me, you know, you should have a podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't really know how to do that. So no. And then a couple months later, someone's like, you would have you have a very calming voice. I was like, that's something no one's ever said to me. Oh, um, well, that is
1: hilarious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you do. I've listened oh. to a few episodes and your voice is perfect. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I feel like my dad calls it my frenetic energy is occasionally <laughs> a lot to handle. So I was shocked that someone thought I was so calm. I <laughs> apparently had had a lot of coffee that day. So, so yeah, so I decided, you know, a lot of what I talk about is self-worth and what self-worth is and how to cultivate self-worth. And I feel like self-worth feels like this very amorphous, like hard to touch on thing. Like what is self-worth? And it's this big word and we all throw it around. And so I decided to build a podcast around literally asking people from all different backgrounds, all different jobs, cultures, race, religion, sexual orientation, what gender identity, what have you, what their idea of self-worth is and how they've cultivated it or not cultivated it throughout their life and how that's gotten them to where they are now. And so I find that it's just a place where we can go to speak very vulnerably and openly about experiences, which I feel like you guys also do such a beautiful job. On your podcast, of doing is really like open holding space for people, which is I think is so important. Is to just hold space for people to be themselves. And, yeah. and so that's what I, I aim to do, but I feel like you guys are excellent at doing, and that's how. <laughs> Thank you. About. Cause Thank we're you. still trying to figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I, I like what you said, Chelsea, I really like your perspective on it. And I've gotten that from listening to a bunch of the episodes that you've done as well Is like, you do the exact same thing. And I like that you have this very specific lens of like, you know, what, what is your relationship with this? Like Thing, This self-worth, like, I don't know, what would you want to call that? Like life skill? Not exactly, but like mm-hmm. something of that ilk. I really, I really appreciate that about yours. And I think you do a, a phenomenal job with it. And you've had some very interesting people on. And I'm, you know what? I'm just proud of all of us. <laughs>
1: yes. Can we there just take, take a visit? minute and give each other snaps? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yes.
2: yes. I was just going to
0: say, like, I think one of the really cool things about it, I feel like, okay, how am I going to say this where it doesn't sound like obnoxious of me? I <laughs> think that you were always so beyond people of our age in terms of, how you looked at the world and how you looked at life and in, in many, many ways that made you a lot more mature. And I just remember having a lot of conversations with you, you know, be it like in the, in the theater or in our bedrooms, like hanging out and uh, just, grappling with the struggles of life and in retrospect I imagine for you there was like this dissonance sometimes with everyone really acting like children and like you, said, like, like, like you said like you'd always been around adults and I feel like the rest of us like we're playing catch up you know and I just love your story that you bring to the podcast and you were able to build these really interesting relationships that now you you are building on in becoming a life coach, which I didn't even know that was a certification.
1: That's cool. That's, I was going to ask about that too. I'm like, where, where can we sign up? I need to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I might've just totally not connected any dots, but I guess what I'm saying is I really look up to you and I think that you're doing a great job.
2: Well, you, first of all, you make my heart so warm. Thank you. That like, (laughs) yeah, I, I'm so grateful. I, it's funny that you say that because I think I did feel like that dissonance. I felt a lot like I was hurting cats. Which is
1: impossible.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I also like a part of me wished I could have just learned to let go. Like, I think that was what was really hard for me is that that adult tendency at such a young age also turned me into like a major achieving perfectionist and obsessed. And it was so hard for me. And I think that's what I strive to do. As I say, I feel like there's a lot of people a lot of people that are becoming life coaches and, and, and like people like Glenn Doyle and Brene Brown, and that you start to look at those things in like your mid to late twenties, maybe, but like, who's looking at the like 18 to 25 year old and saying, you don't have to wait. You can start to look at these things now, because I was looking at these things and it helped me, I think, sort through two of the most challenging Things in my life, which were my, my daddy went to a federal prison camp with my senior year of college and my auntie passing. So if I could pass that on to someone or give someone the strength to handle situations that you never saw coming with like a little bit of humor and grace and love. That's kind of my, my dream there. And, and life coaching, I can tell you, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of people that will call themselves life coaches. And then I found out that there's like an actual, like many certification programs for them. And there's a lot of like, sign up and get your life coach license in three days. (laughs) I can't imagine
1: that is a three-day process. Let's, let's be honest.
2: No. And me being me, I was like, what's the most intensive program I could possibly put myself through? And so <laughs> <laughs> I'm accurate. Yeah, I'm in a 9-month <laughs> I'm in a 9-month program that like that gets me the most like actual coaching hours and like time working, but anyway, it's a uh, it's
1: a I'm relating to this so much what I love about it is that you are so relatable and wait in so many different ways like I don't have two dads I didn't have like the same kind of upbringing in that sense but like mm-hmm. I was forced to grow up very young my mom had my little sister when I was like 12 you know so mm-hmm. I just remember her being like a week old and she's like okay we're going out here's the baby and I'm like oh oh oh, okay wow yes, this is, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> totally. When oh I was goodness.
0: 12, my parents wouldn't even let me stay home with my sister that could take care of
1: herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My God. <laughs> um, and it's nice that my parents trusted me and had that faith in me, but like, I was also kind of forced to like, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I have to do these things. And, and just what you said, you have this, I was just on the phone with my dad. I uh, I don't know if you know this punch, but uh, a plane, Engine exploded. Yes.
0: My mom told me that today.
1: Yes. yes like over, over
0: your house.
1: Yes, where I live. Like over <gasps> like my yesterday like, in Brookfield. So he- yeah. So my dad yeah. like, called me and he's like, oh are god. you marked safe? And I was like, marked safe from what? He's, like, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's like, don't you know what's going on in the world? I was like, no dad, I was hiking this morning and then I had breakfast. And then, then I sat in the red light closet for, you know, 20 minutes. And now I'm going home to record like what's going on. He's like, people are finding airplane parts like all over your, your town. I was like, oh, oh yeah. My god." And-
0: a United airplane took off from the Denver airport yesterday and had immediate engine failure and parts of the like big circular part of the jet that you can see out the window under the ring, the wing, um, started falling off and they're scattered all around Broomfield, which is like <laughs> literally three minutes down the road from where Aloe lives. What? Um, and par- parts like fell out of the sky and they had to turn around at emergency land I only know this because my mom called me and told me today um, about so it. And she said the same thing. She's like, Do you not watch the news? And I was like, I don't have no. the news. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't me have don't. the news on Hulu mom. I don't know. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> But this oh is so this is why my dad called me and we just somehow got on the topic of, you know, because he struggles with being his own worst critic and having this mm. uh self-proclaimed uh perfectionism, you know. And I was like, Well, this is totally where I get it from. (laughs) you know like thanks dad you know like nothing we do is ever good enough and that's why like I love that you talk about self-worth because as you're talking about it you're like oh it's just this thing that everyone has but like no no Mm -hmm. it's not and for some reason like I I I waver on this on this line of many days I have this like crazy self-worth and I'm like I'm a bad bitch and then some days I'm like I'm nothing I'm a piece of shit you know like I it's hard to like to feel it every day, all day, in, in my opinion.
2: It is. It's, And I think that's like, I always talk about it as not a fixed point, but ever fluctuating and changing. And I, funnily enough, had a conversation with my therapist this past week where I was saying, like I don't understand. I'm like two different people. When I, like Chelsea, the person, when I go out into the world, when I stand on a stage and talk to people, when I put myself into situations, I feel like I'm so full of, enoughness and worth. And I feel so worthy and like what I have to say matters and people need to be hearing this. And I feel so confident. And then when I'm in a relationship, I am a different person. I am desperate for love. I am begging people. (laughs) Like it's shocked that my husband has not run, run out the window and like down the street, but I, but it's, but it's true. It's this thing. And I am not like that with him because he makes me feel so safe. Like I feel so secure and safe and like the ability to be wholly myself in front of him. So that's the reason I don't do that. But I, with a lot of, um, female friendships, I have this and it's really a struggle for me. And I was like, what is that? And she started talking to me about like attachment theory and that like one version is like the Chelsea that goes out into the world is full of self-worth and is feeling worthy and is all of these things. But the Chelsea that is in relationships based on past patterns, based on what's happened to me in the past with friends, that's like where I really struggle with it. So I also relate to that. Like I was like, there's two different people in me. You know, <laughs> it's like what I, I, you're like,
1: do I have a personality disorder? I, I do I might. God. I don't know. I I feel you do. Like, it's called being I a do. human. <laughs> totally. I feel mm. the same way. I don't I'm mm. like, I'm like. Oh. I want to be like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: no. Yes, we did. I will. I will always do my best to to hold you up and <laughs> we can be friends and it'll be wonderful and magical. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be I the first ones in line in to mind. buy
1: your book, Chels. That's going to happen. happen. Is, can I pre-order now? <laughs> Is there a link? <laughs> I wish.
2: I tell a publisher to pick me up and you got it.
1: Well, <laughs> for all, you I, should say that. I was about to say my friend published a book, but then I remembered she published it with punch his friend.
2: <laughs> That's so She funny. totally did. That's It just blows
1: my mind. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah.
2: So I was going to say, I could help you
1: out. I could hook you up, girl, but I, I can't. I've already <laughs> been turned down from that direction. <laughs> no, I can You know it's what? I, I read something. I forget what movie it was, but I read something that it took like 30 years for one of these Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna have to google it but it was either a book or mm. some kind of movie or a TV show this guy kept pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and it took like 30 years for his whatever it was to be published I don't it just know but Chelsea yourself. it's
0: not
2: gonna take you 30 <laughs> years girl we're gonna manifest I, no. this shit for you I was like <laughs> if this takes 30 years I'll self-publish before that happens No
1: <laughs> I guess I guess my whole point yeah. is like keep going like don't give up it's it's you know like this is going to be great you know and Thank and I you. also love that you are, you know, you wrote a book, you have this podcast, like you're such a badass. You want to be a life coach. Like these are all things that each one of us punch myself. Like there's so many of my friends who listen to this podcast. Like we have these thoughts, we have these dreams, we have these things that we want to do in our lives, but we're like, where, where do we start? How do we start? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just start, you just do it and you keep going.
2: You know, it's so interesting That you say, I keep saying that. I need a new phrase to start my sentences with. But it's okay. Punch and I always
1: say, we
2: love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh my (laughs) gosh! Sometimes when I like listen to my, I'm editing podcasts and I'm listening, I'm like, wow, Chelsea, could you repeat yourself more? So this is the funny thing that I say. I just wrote a byline for this Women's Business Journal, and one of the things I wrote about that was like, how do you like follow your dreams? How do? You, and I, funnily enough, said systematically because I'm a planner, and I very much I believe in manifest. Like I totally believe I manifested my husband, but. I believe in manifesting totally. things. Oh yeah. I, oh, I manifested the shit out of that man. But okay, we um, need to take a break. I need to hear about
1: this. Um, yes. Also I need your birth time and place and your <laughs> birth date because I, now I need to know what sign you are. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm a, I'm a cancer and this makes so much sense, but yeah. So I said systematically because I was working in real estate straight out of college. I came home. My daddy was away and we call it mandatory sleepaway camp, AKA federal prison. I was super, I was, (laughs) we make lots of jokes about it. It's like, you don't have to tiptoe around it. It's all good. And I was really like depressed and I was auditioning and I was not happy. And my parents were supporting me. And I said, I really want to support myself. Yada, yada. I ended up in real estate. I ended up meeting Dami while in real estate. And we started as a team and I kind of fell into the family business and then woke up and four years later was like, I'm miserable. I hate my job. I'm, I'm having panic attacks every day. Sometimes so bad that I end up in the hospital, something needs to change. And I am such a planner that I said, but I don't, I want to know where I'm going, like have some kind of angle for where I'm headed. If I'm going to quit this job where I'm very financially successful, I'm kind of at the top of my game and I'm just not loving it. And so I so made brave. a 365 day plan <laughs> and I get, <laughs> I put in my 365 day notice with my family. I'm taking notes just it's, so you know. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly how I live my life. Tell yes, me more. It is. <laughs> I, Cause I think for some people that like, just do it, that leap of faith works, but for those of us where that doesn't work, we need a plan. And so like, I didn't, I gave myself a year and I said on June, you know, 21st, 2020, I'm going to be done. And whatever happens, I'm done on that day. And I am going to figure it out in the next year. And that's like July of 20 of 2019, I started my blog and I was writing my book. And then I went, you know what? Okay. I can make a life out of this somehow. I can take us to the point where I know that my husband can take over the business so that I can make sure that like, we're going to be financially solvent and, and get us also to a point where I know I'd saved up enough money that I could make my dreams happen. Like that I'd be able to hire a PR firm and whatever else I needed to make my dreams conf- come true because money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys resources and time and access. And does, so, yes. you know, as much as that's like bleh to talk about, I wanted to make sure like, I would have the financial resources to like take the next steps towards my dream. And so, yeah, I made this 365 day plan. And then like I sat there on June 22nd of 2020 and was like, okie dokie, what do I do now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I think we talked actually,
0: Chelsea, a couple weeks before that happened and you were like, yeah, in like one or two more weeks I'm actually done and I'm writing a book. And I was like, that's amazing. You go girl. (laughs) I was like, how do you deal with being in a business with someone you're dating? I need to know. And you were like, well, we're actually not going to be anymore. (laughs) I was like, I
2: got it. (laughs) I will say for me, that was the hardest thing was to let go of working with him because that was the magic of the job was that I got to work with him every day that we got to drive to work together every day and have lunch together every day. And like, that when I was having a tough day and I was crying, getting off a phone call, which happened more than I'd like to admit that I could just sit on his lap and be like, I hate this job. And, he, <laughs> and my, coworker, told me. my coworker was like, you know, married to me. So he couldn't go running, which was really nice. And so that was like the part that I missed the most about that. And I still miss about the job. I miss him. I like, you know, we were so used to spending so much time together from the time we met each other to like, It's been an adjustment, but I have to say, I still have my relationship and it's still such a priority and so important to me. But like, I also get to like, I wake up every day. I'm like, wow, I get to like write and create and, and not have panic attacks. What is this? <laughs>
1: oh my God. You are living my dream. You're living my dream. Oh, you can do it. I
2: so believe in you. This is why we're brought together because we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna oh. make it happen for you. Yes.
1: Oh my God. Okay. So manifestation, I totally believe mm. in this. Punch and I always talk about it in most of our episodes. And <laughs> I want to know how you manifested your man. I mean, this is, I mean, our listeners just turned up the radio as, (laughs) as we said this.
2: I love this story. So when I was, when I was 15, we had friends of ours that were very, um, like my whole family has been very spiritual and like, we're, we always say like, we're culturally Jewish, but like, we kind of put together our favorite things from every religion and that's what we do. So, but also
1: love that. uh, Yes.
2: I, I, I feel like that's very aligned. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a room, a virtual room full of uh, Um, spiritual weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Nailed it. But anyway, I was 15 and we had these friends that were like, besides the fact that they owned three snakes, which totally freaked me out. They, they said, hey, you know, we got you this candle and we put like all these herbs in and like you should burn it and then write a list of like everything you want in a partner. Like keep in mind, I was 15 years old. And somehow oh, Punch and I
1: did this. We oh, did. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I and so at 15 years old, I wrote for several hours everything I wanted in a partner. And I wrote everything from like gives me forehead kisses to wants to support me, but knows I can do anything I want to do on my own to European and like hundreds of qualities. And then when I was 22 and I started dating this cute little German guy, we were up at my parents' house in Washington state. And that's where I like wrapped up because I feel like all very good spiritual open things happen in this place. And so I'd wrapped up that little scroll when I was 15 years old and never looked at it again. And at 22, we went up there, Dami and I went up there together and I I told him about this. And like, thankfully his mom is an energetic healer. So it wasn't like weird, crazy news to him. And he was like, can I read it? And I I was like, Oh God, I don't know. And so I said, yes, you can, but I have to read it first. And so I read it. And like of the hundreds of things I wrote, there was this person that was all of those things. Outside of the fact that he doesn't have blue eyes, but that doesn't really matter. There are colored. (laughs) 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 Um
1: they were blue when he was born.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like this kind of crazy thing where, you know, I at 15, I I just put everything down that I wanted and and wrote it down. And for me, there's a lot of power in putting pen to paper and putting your energy in that place. And than letting the universe take care of the timing because that's not our job. And so while, you know, he walked into my life and, and you know, people, it's like, I hate to say that it is a fairy tale, but it pretty, pretty much feels like it. <laughs> Let's um, just call a spade a spade
1: and yeah, it's a fairy tale.
2: It <laughs> is like, he's a magic, I call him my unicorn. He's a magical human that I can, I, I thought, I thought marriage was going to be wonderful, but I never imagined it would be so incredible. He's a really special, special human that I'm really, really grateful that I get to wake up to next morning, every morning and go to bed next to every night. And so I think. I'm all about it. Manifest the crap out of the person, the partner you want, the person you want. That's like, and nothing is too small. Like I wrote some weird old things on that list and, and, and the universe delivered. So I'm very grateful.
1: I love this. And now I'm going to have to redo this whole exercise and get a little bit more specific. I think,
2: I mean, I wrote some like minute details, like I can't even remember like the way that it would make me feel when he would hold my hand or the way that it would feel when we were in love. And like, I think feeling has a lot to do with it because it's like, I didn't yeah. know what the package was going to look like. <laughs> Not literally like, you know, the- <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that so much at 15, um, <laughs> but but I didn't know what the body was going to look like, but I knew how I wanted, how I wanted to feel. And I think that was so key. And then I did the same thing for my job in 2019 and yay. And here <laughs> so you are. Here I here am. I'm just waiting for that best selling book to uh, become reality.
1: It's going to happen. And it's, oh, it's just totally going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just taking time because you need to find the right fit.
2: You're so right. It's, it is interesting. I do think like I very much, I do have this belief in my book, like that, it, not like an arrogant kind of belief, but the kind of thing where I wrote it and I was like, you know what? I think this is, this is a book that's going to do something. And, and so it's like, I, the rejection doesn't bother me as much as it normally would. Cause I'm like, I ah, just got to keep pushing. So, and the right fit, like exactly, like you said, it needs to be the publisher that gets it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. You have to have totally. someone believes in you and, and stands behind you.
2: And I feel like
0: this path for you, Chelsea, just like makes so much sense to me. I don't think anybody that has known you would ever doubt that like, you would be on some sort of stage somewhere in life mm-hmm. and have some kind of a platform, whether it was like being in movies and being the next like famous comedian or, you know, going around being an advocate for the LGBTQ I think there are more letters now, but I don't know what they all are. I was community. just going to say, <laughs> it's
1: like I something, something, something. Like, like, right, oh yeah. yeah. I just but add I, a plus. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> LGBTQ and more um, <laughs> community, etc. cetera. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, I feel like even when you were younger and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, I have a decent memory, but it's not always accurate that you have been going around and talking and being an advocate for various issues your whole life.
2: Yeah. You're, you're, you have a great memory. Do not beat <laughs> yourself up. You have an excellent memory. Everything you've thank remembered you. about me thus far has been very accurate, but thank you. I, that means literally more than I can put into words. It's um, yeah, it, it means a lot to me, but I did. I was, when I was 15, my parents, got legally married after they'd been together for 25 years, bringing it back to the dads. And <laughs> exactly. they they got married in that window in 2008 before Prop 8 passed banning gay marriage in California. So there was a six-week window where basically gay couples in California could get married. And my parents were one of those couples. And so the election rolled around and Prop 8 passed and banned gay marriage. And it was the first time that like I'd ever had such like a gut punch from the political system. And I mean, I was a teenager and I just couldn't understand why people didn't want my family to be a family. And I said, you know, my parents are very much the, we live by example. We don't need to wave the rainbow flag. Like, will we infiltrate from behind, like, you know, where we become friends with people. And then by the time they realize that like, my parents are a gay couple and I'm their daughter, it's like too late. They like us. And so I finally said, we need to be doing more than this. And so I asked if it was okay for me to put the video from their wedding up on YouTube. And like by 2008 standards, it went viral and Perez Hilton retweeted it. And so oh then God, I started, thats awesome. yeah, it was really cool. And that's when I started speaking for like the human rights campaign and PFLAG, Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. And like, I spoke at Toyota's Pride Month and that's kind of how I started on the speaking circuit. But then when I, it culminated kind of, Like right before my freshman year of college, I spoke at the same event as former president Obama. And that was kind of the, like the the little, like other bookend on that part of my speaking career until now. So yeah, that's, that's how that happened. Holy shit. It was a good time. He's a really cool person. (laughs) My God. I'm so jealous. My
0: my friend Sue and I used to be like, he's, if we had to pick another dad, like we'd pick Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> he he is like I have to say I met him the night before the event when I was speaking and I've never met such like a kind and caring I mean I've never met another world leader so like I don't really know maybe other world leaders are like this but like he was so he was so uh oh, what's the word so he's focused. So,
1: yeah and um, he's just so elegant too like yeah the yeah. way that he like speaks and carries himself. Ugh, it's just so and nice.
2: He did it. He felt like an, a long lost family member kind of feeling like it was. And then it was so crazy because I know there are a lot of stories of him doing this, but he, you know, I met him the night before and I said, I'm so nervous. I have to follow you. And he was like, I'll just warm the crowd up for them, for you, Chelsea. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then the next day, I, I was waiting to go on and this there's like guys with what looked like massive assault rifles at the entrance to the stage. And like the secret service comes in, in this massive, like clump of, of like humans and is like walking through the backstage. And all of a sudden, probably 10 feet from me, they all just like beautifully come to a stop. And out of this cloud of Secret Service comes the president and comes up to me and says, Hi Chelsea, it's so good to see you again. I'm so proud of all the work you're doing. And I think I peed myself. Like I I was so, I was, I started crying for sure. And I was so taken aback by like, Someone that took the time to recognize me who he didn't have to do that. Even if he had written my name down or someone had written my name down and told him who I was, it didn't matter. The fact that he was someone that took the time to recognize something in me made me want to be like that for other people. Like if he can remember my name or someone helped him remember my name, I can certainly remember other people's names, <laughs> you know, it was yeah, this is just so nice moment. to
1: hear. I am yeah. just like, so Oh my wholesome. God. You're
0: yeah. So so. You're talking and I'm just, you're talking, I listen to you talk and I'm like, <laughs> gosh, she's such like internal goals. Like I just <laughs> I I just, I love the way that you look at the world. I really do. And I think, like, I think I would have at that age taken a moment like that for granted. And I would have been like, Barack Obama knows who I am. (laughs) You know, not been like, I want to be like that someday. I would have been like, guess who I (laughs) met? Barack Obama.
2: Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I don't know. I don't know how I became (laughs) wired this way, but (laughs) that means a lot to me. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, too. so I, my last question, I didn't actually, I sh- shouldn't say that. It's probably not my last, but it might be my last for this episode for you is just a little more on this book that you're going to create. Is, is mm. it going to be piggybacking on the worthiness self-worth concept?
2: Or can you give us a little teaser about like what, what we're going to learn in this book? It would be my honor. This is the first time I've given a teaser anywhere. So let it be known. This is the first teaser. I'm like, is that okay? Like, <laughs> Of course. No, please. <laughs> let's put it out there. I feel like the more I talk about it, then someone can start pressuring some publisher to take me on. But I... So I wrote basically a memoir, which seems really odd for a 27 year old, but I've been really kind of wacky experiences in my life. Some of many of which adults since you're six, yeah, many of which you have talked about, you know, throughout the, this episode, but my book right now is I, I, they might retitle it, but as of now I've titled it inexplicably me, a story of labels, worthiness and refusing to be boxed in. And what My book aims to do is to tell my story in a way that can give people hope and inspiration and also build bridges. Because I think we are all so much more similar than we are different. And I think the lack of understanding between people of different backgrounds of all different kinds is what leads to so much anger and hatred in this country and around the world and so my hope is that by making my story accessible to people i can start to show people from many different backgrounds love and unconditional love and how they can unconditionally love themselves and it all starts like my podcast as well starts from a story of when i was in high school i was sitting in a group of girls which is redundant because i went to an all girls school but i was sitting in a group of girls <laughs> and <laughs> we were talking about how my parents had me. And one of the girls asked me like, how much did it cost? And I honestly had no idea how much it cost. I never thought to ask my parents how much I cost, but then like, I don't think most people think to ask their parents that. So I said, I, you know, I don't know, but I guess it was expensive. And another girl across the table looked at me and said, well, were you worth it? And that to me was such a defining moment that I didn't realize was a defining moment until later in my life. Because did you
1: slap her? I'm sorry,
2: I, <laughs> I-, I wish you could see my
1: face. I'm like, What who says that?
2: You know, I-, I would like to think that she was just very insecure and a young soul. It was okay, like, it didn't phase me at the time. Like, everyone at the table was kind of laughing, so I kind of laughed with them. And then, as an adult, like, adult Chelsea looks back on that moment and I was like, Huh, that's exactly when I started questioning my work. And and uh, but it's been such a great building block that if like I can share this story and help show people how I've learned to love myself and learn to celebrate my story. I hope that other people can start to do the same for themselves. So that was the very long teaser of why I'm right why I wrote my book, what my book is and all that good stuff. So I'm
1: I'm literally in line to per- like hello, like <laughs> let's get it. And I love oh. that you said that you could find this defining moment in your life that you could look back and remember it because like you know we were we were kind of joking before but like not joking, like you know there's a little truth to every joke, but mm-hmm um talking about like how we're two different people you know like the world sees you as one thing and it's the same for me like I would I would be willing to bet the most of my customers most of my clients most of the people that I've had interactions with are like that girl's got it together she's this she's that but then like punch and I sit in my closet and I just like tell her all the things you know and I'm just like but (laughs) but I but I don't (laughs) yeah and I think that like to think back and I don't you know punch and I have talked about this you know I think that like self-worth comes in like a lot of different forms and like update for the listeners like I, I broke up with hot toddy uh, a few weeks ago now and my mom's like you're you're gonna be alone forever you're never gonna find anyone like oh. why would you do that yeah no it's like really bad you're like why would you do that like and, and I'm like, like thank like,
0: god like you weren't happy like
1: good yes. for you thank you thank you punch you're welcome. you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, you have to be happy. You have to feel good. It's not worth it to live a life where you're not happy.
1: Not and that. like I think that I was like holding on to it because I'm like I have this great guy who's like really good to me, but like at what point am I sacrificing who I am and you know, I guess my self-worth when you when you look at it because I, I don't feel worthy. Like my mom almost made me feel like I'm not worthy of finding someone who, I don't want to cry, but mm-hmm. finding someone who I do want to spend all of my time with and finding that person to not, I don't want to say completely, completely. Cause that's like totally cliche. I'm not dying or pining for someone's love. And it makes like it just makes me wonder, like, am I not worthy? I don't know. I, maybe I just ra- would rather be alone than go down. Yes. They continue down a road. Yes. Exactly. To, you know, she's like, well, not, and not everything's about love and not everything's about that. Like you need someone like to, to be stable and, and like, oh, it's just like, it's just the things that she was saying. It was just ridiculous. And I, I was like, all right, I'm going to
2: go. I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> no, I, I so understand that feeling, but I think we are all worthy of like time, love, and energy from ourselves and from other people. And we deserve to meet our equal and all of that. And, and I like, that's what I always think about is people are like, Oh, but you have Dami like, how do you, how can you even imagine? Like, but you have no idea the energy that I was like, no, no, I will not settle until I get my unicorn. I want my unicorn mm. and everybody deserves <laughs> I want a unicorn, uh, but everybody, like, yeah, I'm like Veruca Salt or whatever the heck. I was going to say,
0: we should all be Veruca salts about the one we love. Like I want a golden egg and I want it now.
2: And it's like, yeah. and it's like, no love is perfect. No love is, is free from challenge and stress and, and factors of life. But I believe that that match of our equal and someone that we feel that like that warm, like cocoa, warm feeling in your tummy about like exists for every single person. And I just believe that we owe it to ourselves to find that, that match, however it takes. And sometimes I think it's like, sometimes it's super easy and sometimes it's going to take, kissing a couple frogs, but it's, um, I or think like a hundred
1: frogs, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 101 yeah.
2: frogs. I don't know, but. <laughs>
1: but, but I just believe
2: it's out there. And it's like, if I, whenever I talk to my friends, I'm just like, Oh, please don't, please don't settle because you're always going to wonder what else is out there. You're always going to wonder and always going to like kind of have one eye looking for that other, you know, but I, I believe your person's out there. It just takes, hopefully not much more time, but in in case it does, it's worth it that I can promise you.
1: I think I've come to the place in my life where I'm like, but that's okay if it does take time. Like I'm going to date this one. I'm going to be friends with this one. I'm going to have this one come over for dick appointments and that's (laughs) what it's going to be.
2: That's the way to do it until you find the person.
1: (laughs) Like, sorry to any of my family who listen, I don't care, but like, that's how I'm living my life. I'm like, I have this one for this type of, you know, what I want in my life, this one for this. And you're like, Hey, you coming over tonight? You know, like, and until I find the one that completes again, you know, I, I like to, I find, I feel like you have to be a whole person to find Mm -hmm. another whole person to be a partner, but you know, who completes me in that regard where I don't need three people to fill that one spot. If that makes sense.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And I like, I very casually will always be like, yeah, you are my other half. You are the part that completes me it's like am I a whole person yes but do I yes. want to imagine life without you no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah. Uh,
1: so deep dude this is uh, great
2: this is thank you guys so much for having me this has been such a treat to just be able to talk to two lovely humans and be on the other side of the on the other side of the interview yeah it's so fun is it like, different yeah. does it feel different it does feel different. I'm like way less nervous to be in the hot seat than I am. Like when I'm hosting, I get pretty nervous, <laughs> but like being like, ask away. Cause like I'm an open book and I'll answer any question you want to know. But like, I find that the other job is, is a more of a challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I, it it is a little nerve-wracking. And you're like, am I asking the right things? I don't know.
2: Am I gonna offend you? Am I gonna I know that's oh, I think that like, all the ah. time? It's terrifying, but we'll have to put you guys in, in on the other side on my podcast. That would be super fun. We we'll would super fun for us. Definitely. Let's awesome. do it. I would love it. I haven't I oh I have I have had two people once, but this would be super, super fun. So we'll have to plan a date where that works.
1: So where can everyone find you?
2: You can find me multiple places on Instagram. I'm at Chelsea Austin, MDW. You can find all of this on my website, Chelsea Austin. There are two A's in the middle of that. So you're spelling it right if you think there's a lot a u s t i n and facebook chelsea a montgomery duban vechter if you have the wherewithal to type all that in um, <laughs> but if basically if you if you get to my um if you get to my instagram everything else can be found from there and yeah, the nonprofit that i'm the executive director for dance and colors on there you can take a look we do fun stuff, getting scholarships to young dancers of color and making sure that they can have their dreams come true through dance. So that's on there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. I just want to let you know that you make me feel
1: like I do nothing.
2: <laughs> no no no.
1: No. I'm like no, I need no, to no. give
2: back. I need to do this now. <laughs> no, honestly like, like
1: superhuman. I love it. It
2: sounds so much more impressive than it is. I I watch a lot of TV during the day. So, thank you so much you guys.
1: No, thank you Chelsea. This was yes. great.
2: Such a treat.
1: It's just so fun. So every every week we do a card pull. We haven't used the spirit animal ones in a hot minute, so I'm gonna use those. I love those cards. I used to have this. I love them. Aren't they beautiful? Like yeah. she's my, I, she is my idol. This bitch, colette Baron Reed. Oh god. Like Punch and I were talking about making our own oracle deck, which I think we should do. Ooh, yes. For some stuff, yes. that, some exciting stuff that Punch is working on. Yes. I am creating a brand
0: with Ted. You guys, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> but we—we—he's we, we, like my best friend, and we—we we work very closely together. And we're developing a company that's going to be a distribution company. But we're creating a line called Zodiac Essentials, and it's going to have any kind of like spiritually. Woke products that you could think of, many of which will be CBD based because that ties into our other company we're running together, but we were thinking of other things we could do. And I was like, well, Allo and I could make an Oracle deck. I know she'd be down. Awesome. That's
2: so cool. It might yes. be coming your way. We'll see. I will be the yeah. first in line. So you love
1: it. Yes, me. we're gonna do that. We're gonna do we some won't some even lines. stuff We'll just
2: do some book oracle
1: card trading stuff Done. under Easy. under the table. <laughs> 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 we'll get you we'll get your feedback. I would love so every week I just ask I ask that the spirit guides I've got my crystals on me because you know I'm a freak so every week I just ask what does the collective need to hear this week what is it that the universe is trying to give to all of us you know what message Ooh, okay So this one I pulled, it's beautiful. It's the porcupine spirit. I freaking love these cards. It says time for beginner mind and it's protection message for porcupine spirit. Are you feeling prickly and defensive lately and assuming you will be hurt before you have seen any sign that such a reaction is called for? Perhaps an old sense of guilt and shame is causing you to be cynical and weary when you are meant to be open and curious. Self-protection is a good thing, but you may be protecting yourself from something. That will not actually harm you, but instead will bring you abundance, happiness, and love. Remember your innocence and you will see what you have been overlooking. Porcupine quills are filled with air, allowing a porcupine to float in water. Now is the time to let your innocent nature keep you buoyant. Damn. Wow. I guess this message might have been for me, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it is pretty relevant to the stuff we've talked about and I mean just kind of reshaping the way that you look at the experiences you have and like taking things that are maybe not seemingly pleasant at first and finding out like how Chelsea said those moments she looks back on that shaped her like I think we all have the ability to kind of relate to moments like that
2: absolutely that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah
2: and also it's who knew so that porcupines floated in water
1: that's pretty cool like who knew their clothes were <laughs> hollow?
2: I, I would have thought they would have like just sunk. To them. <laughs> <laughs> like they seem like very heavy animals, <laughs> right? They yeah.
1: do. So yeah, I think, that, I think that pretty much wrapped it up, guys.
2: Amazing.
0: Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us.
2: This was so, so welcomed and lovely. It was great to do this with you. It was absolutely yeah. my pleasure. Thank you both. And I it made my Sunday just that much brighter. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Chelsea. Thanks, Chelsea. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. I hope you yes. support
1: the worthiness warriors. I hope you support her new book that's coming out. One of the things that I've always admired about Chelsea is
0: that she really is always herself And though I'm sure she like every other human being shows some different colors to different people. She has a very definite set of characteristics that she always has about her and listening to her podcast is just so lovely because I mean, as someone that knows her, like it is so genuine and it is not in any way, shape or form tailored to be an image of this person that she wants to be to the public. Like it's just who she is. And that's my favorite thing about her podcast, actually.
1: She's amazing. Um, Everyone go support her right now. And if you're a book publisher, you know a book publisher, hit us up.
0: Yeah, or hit her up
1: or just both. Like just message us
0: all and like, let's make this happen for her. I would love that. Seriously.
1: So (laughs) great. This was great. So thanks everyone for um, listening.
0: Don't forget, you guys, rate, review, subscribe, and share. That really is what helps us the most to grow and be more present on
1: platforms. Yes. Thank you so much. And definitely share the love, guys. I know a bunch of you keep saying to me, like, oh, I'm going to review, I promise. Listen, I know we're all busy, like 30 seconds. How about this? Like, any of you that review, like, hit me up, like, send us an email. I will personally send you some Starbucks money so you can go treat yourself <laughs> and get, get a latte. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed
0: to bribe the listeners or not but like definitely send us a review and we'll at least give you like a shout out for whatever thing you want <laughs> so if you like leave the review and like you're a practitioner of something and you want to shout out for your business or like you're working on a project or you just want us to post a really cute selfie so people can see your new haircut that's fine just let us know and we'll share it
1: but for reals i'll send you the starbucks money. <laughs> <laughs> You can, you can DM <laughs> them, but yes, thank you so much, everyone, and we hope you have a great week. <laughs>